Well, boys, looks like you started the fun without me. You're all sick. Every last one of you. We're going to need a bigger gun. What's the matter? You scared of things that go boom? My name is Eric. It's Double Feature. I'm joined by Michael Kester. Yep, you got me. Here I am. I, yes. <laughs> We're doing Angst and the Guilty today. Yeah, a couple movies with subtitles. If you have a problem with that, you're on the wrong show. There are subtitles in this. Yeah. Wow, actually, our theme today is uh, on, on odd sides of the Austrian line of the law, I guess. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I mean... These are both Austrian films, right? They're both German language, Austrian... Or no, wait, The Guilty The both, guilty might not be German language. What's the... No, isn't The Guilty... Um, it's Danish. I don't know, but, you know, through the course of our show, you become very good at vamping, and uh, I can just look things up on the internet while you do it, so... <laughs> Um, hey, stay tuned for when I tell you the language of the guilty. Great. But that will not happen right now. Right now, we have some more important matters to discuss. Yeah, the most important thing we have to talk about today. Well, we have a couple things, but you know, the thing that I'm assuming you're leading me into is um, the Patreon, which is where you can go. If you don't like reading along with your movies, once again, wrong show. But if you want to be proactive about it, you know, like when people are like, if you didn't vote, I don't want to hear your opinion. Hmm. The only way you get an opinion on Double Feature is if you go, Go to patreon.com forward slash double feature and put a little money into the show. Once you do that, your opinion matters. Prior to that, this is why I'll be expressing no opinions today <laughs> on the show. If if you don't like the programming and you're not being proactive about it, if you're not marching around my my house with the pussy hat, how am I supposed to know what you want? You know? Oh, the pink hat with the ears? Is that what we're talking about? I thought maybe this yeah. was some sort of Quentin Tarantino merchandise I didn't know about. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you can, you can go on there. One of, one of the many, one of the myriad of perks of keeping our show alive is that you might get to choose a movie that we might cover. That's about my confidence level. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's about time to round up, uh, these listener choices. I've been dangling this out into the shows over and over again, and we've just kind of been waiting to the moment where we can... Oh, look, I know you guys are busy. I know not everybody can hop over to the Patreon and leave us a message. And I know every year when we solicit requests for movies, I give you a different method by which to reach out to us. So don't email us the movies this time. We're going to do it on the Patreon if you've emailed us in the past to be like, do these movies and it's been, you know, six weeks, do me a huge favor and just go on the Patreon again. This, uh, the show is like, um, it's a crowdsourced show. It's constantly in development. You know, there's always, there's always exciting new server problems and things coming to the forefront. So now we go to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash double feature. And you just go ahead and message us what movies you want us to do. And they're going to show up on the show pretty soon. We have some other cool stuff in, uh, in the next couple of weeks, but I think we'll keep that a secret for now while we talk about, are you ready? Are you ready for the Danish language film, The Guilty, from Denmark? Man, I wish somebody had thought of that five minutes ago. <laughs> and 
And the, uh, oh my God, so funny. And I don't know, let's just say the Danish film Angst, and then we've evened it out. Yeah. All we had to do was just guess like five or six different languages, and then, right. yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of things I want to clear up about angst today, but uh, or really just questions I want to pose back out to people. But you know, this is this is um, subtitles and other countries aside. This is another one of these shows that I've kind of uh, liked looking at, where we find ourselves following different types of protagonists who are sort of in opposition with each other, mm-hmm. but in different movies. And both of these movies are pretty singular in who they follow. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go so far as to call them bottle films, maybe The Guilty, probably not Angst. But they are concerned with their one protagonist. And I yeah. think in both movies, the it's not who you'd expect maybe to follow in the movie. So that was kind of my idea for the pair. I wanted to start with Angst, despite it being the the more midnighty of the uh, the films. Yeah, but do-op rules, man. Yeah, I know, I know. Angst and the Guilty just sounds like the the band you go to see when you're in Denmark speaking <laughs> Danish. <laughs> I just like, you know, I'd like to get one fact straight per episode of Double Feature, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Had you, do you know any, uh, did you know anything about Angst prior to seeing no, this film? No, I hadn't even, I hadn't even heard of it. Um, both of these movies actually I hadn't heard of. However, I did discover that one of them is getting the old the old American yes, treatment, yes. which is, you know, one of those things that I always love to hate. You you like to sneak in here before we we should have hit that right at the top. Hey, we're still in the top. Yeah. <laughs> so we're hitting it now. Yeah, the guilty's being remade as a American film in English. Mm-hmm. Angst, however, no one has had the guts to remake. There will be spoilers. That was the other thing. I knew I was forgetting something. So yeah, this movie Angst is, uh, I find that this is a film that really, it kind of says a lot when you're talking to a person about where they get their movie culture from. Because this was a huge shock to me when I started uh, talking to people who were, you know who it was, is people like, way into Gaspar Noe. Mm -hmm. And so when I started talking to a lot of those people and hanging out with them more, everybody would go, oh yeah, and this movie and this movie and this movie, I'd seen them all, and they'd throw angst in. And I was always thinking, you know, angst, I've never even heard of that. And then I started recognizing the cover. But the, the way that I really experienced most, you know, exposure to most movies was through the internet. For like almost the entirety of our show probably until, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, did I really get around a lot of people who talk about movies and and kind of pick some up from them? And I feel like the representation of angst on the internet is non-existent. Mm -hmm. And so while in the real world, everybody's going, oh my God, you know that scene from angst, as if it's just assumed that I'd seen it. On the internet, there's there's relatively little information about the movie. It doesn't show up at the top of lists. It's not... um, you know, you wouldn't see uh, like a friend just watched it on Letterboxd. You know, that, that kind of activity seems a lot less common to me. It is a home invasion movie. Mm-hmm. The logline is basically like a recently, he's released, right? He's released from prison. 
Yeah, he's not escaped. Not yeah. escapes, although it really fucking seems like he escapes. Well, you can tell the difference because if he had if he had escaped, he would be able to drive a station wagon. But it, since right. he was released, he's got to travel on foot. So there is like there right away there's this whole like indictment of something going on in Austria and they're just like, Yeah, look at this guy, he's done his time. Anyways, back out onto the streets. Mm-hmm. And this is uh this is somebody who clearly should not be like he can't he can't make his way through a convenience store without murdering everybody. Actually he almost literally can't make his way through a, a stop to eat some what I assume are sausages dipped in peanut butter. Right. Without murdering everybody. The classic Danish dish. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Peanut butter sausage. <laughs> Danish dish. Austrian film. German language. So confusing. So this guy gets released from prison. He breaks into a house and he... There's spoilers in the show. He kills the people in it. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to set this up like a... How would you do? Okay, so let's pretend this was The Strangers or some kind of home invasion movie, like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Well, that even that even is different because it really does follow Henry, right? Yep. yep but yep. say we were doing The Purge, the first Purge. Okay. Well, how do you logline this movie like it's a home invasion movie? No, you can't say the first Purge. You mean the original Purge? The, yes. Yep. Purge one. Yeah. The Phantom Purge. <laughs> wow, that that even fucks it up, right? Purge four, the first Purge. You know. <laughs> Ethan Hawke, The Purge. It's funny because I feel like unlike a movie like The Purge or Strangers or Your Next. Your Next, perfect. Yeah, perfect. So give me just really quick, like give me a logline for Your Next. Uh, you know, it's um, a family gets together for a gathering and it becomes clear that there are there are outside forces Great. acting against the resident, the occupants of the house trying to get in, trying to cause malice. Okay, so right away, like a million things that are a whole different movie. Mm -hmm. So you go, you you allude to outside forces. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, I'm kind of reading between the lines here, but I think it's pretty obvious you think there's an element of mystery to who's trying to get in the house, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we have that. And then it's also like, you know what you don't say? is some strangers break in to murder everyone and then play around in their blood for a while. Right. That would be kind of a weird log line. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to be like, when Indiana Jones conquers the Temple of Doom, right. some things happen that lead him to watch all of the credits. <laughs> you know, like you, you sort of want to back it up a little bit, give, leave a little of the imagination. So yeah, I think uh, what's funny right from the log line is we're not following the family in the house. We don't even really know who Mm-mm. the fuck they are. Right. Tell me everything you know about the three people in the house. Uh, one of them has some sort of like a mental issue, the older man. Yeah. Mental and physical, probably. Right. Right. The older woman is old and the young woman listens to Duran Duran. All right. So we've got. Yeah. Is, a, is aware that th- that bad thing is, is, has the wherewithal to know when bad things are happening. That's really. I was really it. hoping I mean, you would be able to drop like a Austrian new wave band. No, I don't know too many here, but we just didn't didn't come prepared um, for this. It's it's one of the things like to me, this movie is um, it's like a very very um, visceral 
full-length cinematic version of that one scene in A Clockwork Orange. Oh, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought about that watching it, yeah. It's it's very much like you the have... The scene you're supposed to ignore when you see the Space Jam trailer, right? Yeah, That's, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's... It's very much like you go, you're introduced to this character who is then unfortunately endeared to you as your vessel into the, into the world of the movie. You have to, that's your only choice. And then when they start trespassing upon objectively innocent people, your only recourse as an audience to the movie is to want this. It's, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just how I watch this, but like your only recourse is that because you're are, you are cinematically connected to this single singular lead. You have this like disgusting desire for his success because his failure means the movie's over. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost like if this guy were to break into the house and start terrorizing people. And we have one of these other movies we've mentioned, A Year Next or A Strangers or something like that, where we're following the inhabitants of the house. In that scenario, you want the intruders to lose because the people that you're following, if they lose, then why did you watch the movie? It's just a movie about people dying. But it's kind of hard to root for this family too. Like you know nothing about them, so the investment isn't as exactly. There. That's what I mean. You're watching a movie about a guy who needs to right. carry out a task, yeah, for his fulfillment. Even though you know as an audience, right, he is so far beyond the pale of any. Like there's, there's just even man bites dog or something. You, there's kind of like a, oh, this there's an antihero. Right. The idea of an anti-hero is they're doing something bad, you're kind of rooting for them anyways. Mm-hmm. And that's so not the case here. You see this guy and you go, shouldn't be part of society. And then I think you're right. I also felt like I'm fighting the urge to just see the protagonist of a movie do whatever he's supposed to, whatever he needs to do. To me, it's an exercise in you know the very kind of movie that this is, and and maybe I just maybe I just saw this at the right time. Maybe I'm like fucking knee deep in a French extreme journey. There's a whole lot of explanations into why I viewed it this way, but it's it's very much like a cinematic representation of why even make a movie like this. You know, there's the there's the pearl clutching portions of society who didn't want to go see marijuana who we've talked about this year mm-hmm. that would see a movie like angst or probably just hear about it from Tucker Carlson and go this is disgusting that this was even made why would you even make this what kind of monster would make this let alone the audience to watch it and this is a movie that explores exactly that this is a movie going well listen if we want this to not get made what we want is this guy to just like get arrested before he gets into the house. Mm. And that's it. That's not even a movie, right? That's not even a story. There's not really anything to see there. And so the movie basically forced you to sit there and ask yourself the same questions, but in an actual artistically gratifying way, not in like a pontificating self-righteous bullshit way. But it is, uh, hey, speaking of pontificatingly self-righteous, it's an experimental film, right? Of course. I mean, that's exactly it. It goes. What if we 
force the audience to have a kind of complacency. Mm-hmm. Complacency, complacency can. Uh, it's, I think it, you you came up with a word there, but it's a it's a combination of whatever complicit and complacent, which I think is actually a really good word. Should trademark that. It basically goes hop in the car, buddy. We're gonna go murder some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you feel this. Uh, I don't know. I but I feel like I I feel like what it actually does is hop in the car, buddy. We're gonna go murder some people. Or I guess you could watch Space Jam. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, well, it, it's it brings on a lot of emotions as you're watching it mm-hmm. because it's a movie that it could definitely make you sick. It could definitely, I don't think it makes you go rah rah in quite the way that like a slasher movie would. No, but it does. It it plays against the natural wanting to see things play out of film. Well, and in in modern american society it also to me begs the question of like you know actually giving mental help to people who may need it as opposed to just incarcerating them for x time and then being like that probably helped your brain and then letting you go well and that's one of the things i think you know when i when i think about it being a when i think about angst being a commentary on society in some way or on Austria in some way. I think about the just being booted out into society. Mm -hmm. Because I think the real big picture, you know, what's scary about it as a horror film is could you believe that there's someone like this out there? And that's another thing that is really amazing to me about angst. Maybe one of the most amazing things it's doing or one of the most... um, I can't believe it gets away with this, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. You know, you take a serial murderer in a movie. This is basically a movie about a serial killer. We're watching him commit serial murders. So you, or spree murders, or whatever you want to call them. So when you have a movie that's about the fascination of a serial killer, what are we doing? We're usually doing stuff that's like, hey, you don't know people like this, but what if you did? Hey, what if this was the person next door? Hey, isn't this person surprisingly relatable? Mm -hmm. Or couldn't they be just like someone you know? It creates this fear like, oh, murder could happen in my own home, which is what home invasion is. Right. But I feel like what usually works to those movies' advantage is that you don't see through the profile of the killer. You can't see someone acting the part of the killer. Right. Because if that's if this is just, you know, we're we're hanging out and watching Joaquin Phoenix wax poetic about his own mental illness as he murders people or some, you know, like trying to imagine the American I was gonna say you didn't see that movie, did you? Yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like if, if this killer this killer talks in the whole movie, mm-hmm. if he says something a little too poetic, a little too on the nose, if there's anything where we see a man acting mm-hmm. instead of seeing the killer, it breaks the illusion. Right. So usually what I've certainly noticed people do in movies about Ted Bundy, in movies about any any movie about a serial killer, is you show them as little as possible. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Henry, even in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, that's a movie that really a lot of the impact of that movie is how much time you casually spend with the killer. But he's not a very talkative guy. 
So you still keep, like, if Michael Rooker had been doing fucking VO straight through the whole movie, I mean, I love Michael Rooker, but I think there is a much lower chance of that movie succeeding artistically Mm -hmm. because there's just more opportunity. You can stare at him closer. Right. And you could just see the performance more unless he then, basically then, he's making a bet that instead of over the course of 50 lines, you won't see that I'm a normal human playing a character. You're like, over the course of 500,000 lines about my internal psyche and backstory, you won't see that I'm a person playing a character. And that's a much harder bet. Right. And so, excuse my long-winded diatribe here, but, but what I'm saying is, this guy talks through the whole movie. He gives you the most kind of like, straight out of the 1960s horror, eye-rolling, you know, this was my childhood and this was my whatever. And so the movie goes, we're going to show you a story about a guy who you're going to notice right away. It's as if he has part of his brain missing. I mean, he just, he moves from one thing to the next. His, even his physical movements don't make sense. When you see him enter that house, break in and, and the people see him, it's like, uh, you know, like a, a raccoon got loose in your kitchen or something. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just going from room to room. He runs at her with the knife, but drops it. And then he kind of, you know, wiggles around on the floor and is crawling along the wall and is constantly just um, making these, these very kind of impulsive movements. So we're being told, hey, this is a psychopath. This is someone who truly you cannot understand their minute to minute and you're not going to understand what they're saying. And when the movie gives us that VO through the whole thing, the VO also has that performative element of try to make sense of this, but don't see through that this is a person playing a character. Right. And I guess I just feel like that is such a hard challenge. This is, you know, this is don't show the monster. This is all of this. When we are overexposed to the, the thing that it's so hard to find and pin down and look at at the first place, I think it's really easy for an audience to lose their fascination with it, to lose the enigma or to see through it. And with angst, like every decision about it makes it like more immersive and weirder and, even the camera work of this movie, camera work of this movie drives me nuts. It's as if the camera is controlled by the same character. It just juts from place to place. It's on like, I'm watching this movie trying to imagine how they have mounted the camera to this actor, like some, you know, caveman version of a snore cam. <laughs> you know, it's just like a metal plate sticking out or something like like this is before they they had the breakthrough technology of the selfie stick, you know. This is just like we've assembled some weird harness. I love how I love how you the breakthrough technology and that metaphor is the selfie stick and not the portable computer telephone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, I mean it really reads to me like it's on a tree branch that they've just yeah. attached to them on a belt or something. Yeah. And of course, that just makes you so sick too, because you never know where your face is going to be pushed into the horror. Mm-hmm. And especially in the later part of the movie, when it really gets pretty extreme, you just don't want to be in the place it it puts you. 
And it does, and it's gross. I think the thing for me, sorry, I know we're trying to get to the the bottle movie, but before we get into the bottle, the thing for me that's just like so specific is is the remorselessness of this character. You know, there's just, it, it all goes on, but there's really almost no moment where this character goes, I'm a bad person or what I'm doing might be wrong or any such thing like that. And he's basically like, well, once I finish my sausage and peanut butter, I am going to have to murder somebody. Oh, that's what I this mean. This is like, the way. Yeah, the, the VO makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. Imagine the movie without VO. You could at least be trying to follow your own mental, uh, okay, this must be what he's doing so he can do this. For instance, you'd see him kill people and then you would be watching for the steps where he's going to cover his tracks mm-hmm. or where he's going to, I don't know, just try to try to do something that makes sense. But the VO shows you how scattered he is and it shows you you know, these scenes, I mean, you're right, we have to move on to the next movie. But it's just, I think it's just so effective. Every every decision about this is so effective. And it. I was really happy to find that it is still kind of uh, relatively underground, at least as far as the internet's concerned. Right. <laughs> so if you didn't watch Angst and you like fucked up movies, watch Angst. That's where I was going with that. Uh, Logline for the Guilty. I don't know, um, a, a 911-esque operator. Buried, but on the phone. <laughs> buried, but on the phone is good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, you got, a, you got a guy who's an emergency responder, and he gets a mysterious call one day, which appears to be something other than what it is, and he tries to track down the woman's kidnapper. Yeah. And that's like the simplest version, and then you could you could throw in some but everything is not what it seems element. You could throw in why, you know, some character-based stuff, like why does this guy try harder than he should? Mm -hmm. He becomes personally obsessed with not just taking the call, but solving the crime or preventing, you know, another crime, I guess. What's not mentioned in the... um, I guess let's just hit on the theme stuff immediately. What do you see thematically in this movie? To me, I think one of the the main things, and it's really difficult. This is a difficult movie to to try and have this conversation, but there's like a certain element of like minding your own business, getting involved in other people's um in other people's business, uh knowing where your job ends and your uh like knowing where your where your responsibilities actually end and infringement. Hey, buddy, I'm I'll do my job. You do yours. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. It's just like and and then you know also, but like on the flip side of that, like there's also sort of a conversation to be had about if people only do their job, how many people you know would be unhelped in a scenario like this. Yeah. Because the, there's sort of like two distinct points in this movie, right? There's the first half where you think that this guy's about to be a hero. And then there's the second half where you realize that he was fucking meddling and may have created a bigger problem. Yeah. I really, this is a movie that's pretty twisty and I can already feel like 
wanting to get into it. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched The Guilty, highly recommended you watch The Guilty. Just don't wait. You're not going to enjoy this episode more than you enjoy The Fucking Guilty. So just go watch the movie. But it's very, it's very cleverly drawn out. And I think even before it threw a couple of its like, oh man, didn't see that coming. It's still really fucking compelling. Sure. Like it's a really great tight bottle movie and I'm right there on the phone just doing normal 911 stuff before it gets weird. I mean, the thing that's great about this and you know, I name checked Buried, but this is something we talked about on on our Buried show, which is Buried on patreon.com forward slash double feature. Oh, is that in the catalog of old episodes? That's correct. Oh, that's great. It's buried in there somewhere. <sighs> and uh it's it's just one can't of these... take the win, can you? <laughs> just one time. It's it's an insane it's an insane movie because you think about with the guilty, um, with both these movies, but with the guilty, you go back and you think about what takes place in the movie, and it like the majority of your sane mind knows that you were fixed on this one character on the phone the whole time uh-huh. you know that that was all that ever happened and yet because of the writing because of the way that the movie is put together because of the vividness of these phone calls and these events happening on the other side of the line there's another part of you that feels like you saw things that were definitely not in the movie but you can remember them as if they were I am so happy you said that. I think back to um, how, you know, we talked about how you just, we just got off of angst and you go, if you like fucked up movies, you'll like angst. And then I go, well, I mean, the guilty has that scene with the fucking carved open baby. And I'm like, no, yeah, no, it doesn't doesn't. have that scene, but my brain has that now. (laughs) All right. Let me give you a literal log line. Let me give you an audience log line. When you accidentally click the guilty square on your TV interface, you sit and watch a man have a phone call for about an hour and 20 minutes. The guilty is just a man having a phone call. It's crazy. All the movie is, that's all you see. You don't leave the room. I mean, you, you go to another room so they can play with the light and do cool cinematic things. Also, fucking gorgeous movie for a movie of a guy sitting at a desk. This is like... This was such uh, an inspiration to me for the kind of no-budget cinema. Even though I think there's a little money behind this movie, that's neither here nor there. It's like, if you have a guy and a desk and a couple lamps, you can make a movie as beautiful as this, if you have the skill. And the just sort of minimalism of it, that what do we have? We have a guy, he's on the phone, and he's performing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just an actor and you're in close up, you're on his face and you have to, I mean, this is some of my favorite elements of cinema. You know, it's a bottle movie. It's a person on a phone with another person and it's reaction shots. And you just read things on his face and you feel it so much. And for it to be this effective is like fucking criminal. We'll come back to the themes in a minute. But really my favorite thing about the movie is exactly what you said. It is how vivid it paints these scenes. And I think it's worth trying to figure this out a bit because it's it's a kind of a signature trick of this film. They figured something out here and I, I think a little closer study would be interesting. We have this impression 
that we saw a bunch of scenes we didn't see. Mm-hmm. You and I both got that feeling, and I've talked to other people about this movie who say the same thing. And I can sitting here right now, yeah, the baby scene was one. You know, his friend sitting at the bar, having too many drinks, getting to the guy's house, breaking in, and sitting at his desk. His old desk just full of paperwork. There's paperwork everywhere, mountains of it, flipping through the paperwork. We don't see a single one of these scenes. We do not, there's no prop in the movie of a desk or paperwork. There's no baby cast in the film. We don't see the little girl. So distinctly, I have this weird sense memory of the woman on the bridge, a bridge we never see. I don't know what it looks like. By the end of this movie, you have been all around the city, and yet you've seen literally nothing but the inside of a a nine-to-five call center and, uh, you know, a broom closet or whatever the fuck, special office broom closet. I really try to pay attention to how it does this. I feel like part of the trick is getting the audience engaged in painting that picture because it's one thing to just go, okay, well, what happened in the plot? This, this, and this. Okay, I must have seen those those scenes. But you and I are like fucking bottle movie experts, even just in the last year of the show. So many bottle movies. Mm-hmm. But I don't, you know, what usually happens in a bottle movie? Well, we play with the room. We're in a room, so we play with the room. Sure. The last bottle movie we did for Matt's room. That's definitely not the last bottle movie we did, but yeah. Oh, you don't think so? No. I think more Would recent? You Rather counts more as a bottle oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I forgot. Would you See, I told you. I'll, I can yeah. never burn in that Would You Rather. <laughs> okay, what's going on on Would You Rather? All we have to work with is what's brought to us at the table. Right. For Matt's room. We've got to get out of For Matt's room. Cube. We've got to get out of Cube. Right. Any bottle movie is basically Circle. We, we must get out of the circle. <laughs> Escape room, how do we escape the room? I mean, it's always figure out the room, puzzles in the room. But even, would, would you rather such a great example because it's not even a puzzle, but it's still like, oh no, what are they going to bring in the room for us to poke each other in the eye with? <laughs> this movie doesn't do that at all. I don't know anything about a, a room that I've just watched for a, a, over an hour. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you what's at his desk. I don't know how many lamps he has. I don't know what kind of phone he has. I know his headset because I've really looked at it, but that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about the layout of this place. Yep. I don't know how big it is, but I've just spent all this time watching it. What this movie really gets the audience engaged in is, okay, you got into the house? Great. What do you see? Describe it all to me. No, I need to know every detail. This, go over there, touch it, feel it. What's it like? Go through it. Oh, there's paperwork? How much? Too much? How much really is too much paperwork? Oh, it would take you several hours? Imagine, what does several hours of paperwork look like? The guy didn't go, there's three boxes full of paperwork. He said, there's so much paper, Mm -hmm. it would take me several hours to read. And then the audience goes, okay, about how much paperwork is that? Let me imagine, I got this big desk. Okay, so it's kind of about this big. So, so much of it is clues And then you have to do this work of connecting like, okay, so where are you? You're in a van and are you in the trunk? Can you put a seatbelt on? What's it like? Oh, it's raining outside. I'm imagining the the squad car going past the white vans, you know, on a chase with a white van. What color is the van? White, silver, I don't know. I can't get a good look at it. Honestly, man, it's like a novel. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're reading a novel or someone is reading it to you panicked over the phone. And 
it's forcing you to paint the picture in your head. And I think that's, that's kind of similar to some of the things we talked about in angst. You know, we're, we're subverting the expectation a little bit. We're kind of inverting what we get in a lot of these, um, a lot of these kinds of movies. In The Guilty, you know, whereas the previous movie was like the inverse of a home invasion movie. It's like home invasion without really knowing even whose house it is. And this is a bottle movie where I can't tell you anything going on inside the bottle because the puzzle we're solving is outside the bottle. Mm -hmm. But one other thing that I felt like really deserved mentioning on this one was thematically we're doing something with this character where we're trying to do the, there's, there's some kind of like dance going on here of like, what's this guy's backstory? Why is he in a call center? Where? What is this trial? It's funny because this character has this like incredibly mysterious, compelling mystery about him. A mysterious mystery. Good job, podcast guy. Hey, look, you don't always get mysterious mysteries. So, <laughs> um, and I'm constantly like, yeah, I don't really, I can't really be paying attention to that right now. It's literally like you're saying, everything in this room is like so tertiary to my my yeah. interest in this film. It's like, you know, there's something going on with this guy. I'm like, don't, uh, just call, call her back. Call her back. But he makes these decisions that are weird. Like he calls the guy and yells mm-hmm. at him over the phone, which is something it seems like, oof, wrong move, buddy, wrong move. Sure. Maybe for the wrong, <laughs> maybe for reasons other than you expect, I guess. So we know in the beginning, so the movie has to kind of like poke you and go, hey, there's like a character beat going on here. There's a, a mm-hmm. specific character. Hey, uh, when's your trial? Oh, it's tomorrow. Okay, good. Anyways, go back to your story. Hey, about that trial. So, you know, this is something I find a lot of movies try to do and don't get away with it. And it's a pretty annoying thing where they're going like, Oh, also, don't forget this character is an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to the story. Hey, remember that this character is dealing with alcoholism. Back to the story. And then the other thing you can do is you can wind the two together. So you can get, you know, you can get to the, the twist halfway through the movie or something and go, aha, oh, because of his alcoholism. That's why this story happened. If only he wouldn't have gotten into that bar fight, the whole. Guilty, the real guilty party is him, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think this movie walks the uh, the less gimmicky path. It basically goes: this guy is this emergency service operator person, whatever they call it. There, here it's nine one one, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a nine one one operator, but he kind of sucks. And why is he so bad at it? And he talks to people in a way that, at least that Amer- as Americans, you would not expect nine one one operators to be like. Well, maybe don't drink and bike around now. Get off the fucking phone. You're tying up the line. You know, that's kind of (laughs) not what you're supposed to do. And you come to learn that, oh, this isn't his job. He's been like desk benched here for something he did wrong. And so you do experience this arc with this character, this sort of redemption arc, where it ends on this beat of, you know, like, hey, you're a good man. And... I feel like when you get the closing moments of the film, you want it to go a certain way, not because you're so invested in the characters you never see, but because you're like, wow, this guy has really gone through hell on this phone call. 
I don't totally know what he fucked up in the past. I don't know what's going on with his court date. You know, you start to fill some of that in. But, you know, and I guess by by the time you get to the end, like he has, he's shared, you know, what's going on in his life. Mm -hmm. But you've just seen him go through so much that you want him to succeed. You don't want this to, I mean, like you were talking about in the last movie, you don't want it to be for nothing. Right. And so as increasingly as happening with Double Feature, hundreds of thousands of ties between these two movies. But I also feel like we're discovering part of the like first person narrative. Um, you know, you start following around a person, seeing what they're invested in, you get invested in it, and you want them to succeed, even if it's stuff that goes on in the angst, or uh, even if you you have to turn the screws a little bit more in the guilty and kind of get the audience on this mm-hmm. on this guy's side, who admittedly we're seeing because we know he did a bad thing, and we kind of find out it's worse and worse the more we talk to him, see him cut corners, and eventually find out what he did. Anyways, doublefeature.fm is the website. Uh, Michael was mentioning this very interesting website earlier today, patreon.com forward slash double feature. Yeah, it's this really cool website. If you go there, it just it just it's actually just a link that'll take you to the YouTube video for Rick Astley's never gonna give you it's up. Not, you should check it out. It's really it, funny. Don't, you should don't inverse Rick roll people on the show. If you really want to trick all your friends, if you, they're gonna think it's hilarious, take the URL patreon.com forward slash double feature and just text it to everyone you know. Just do it. It'll be hilarious. I, I mean, I do agree that you should text that link to everyone you know. <laughs> Huge thank you, by the way, to Henrik Dinter, the Abbot of Unreason, Tom Leonard, Tony Gleed, and John. They're the executive producers of the show. That's crazy. That's awesome. It is crazy. What two movies would you like to do next week? Ooh, I get to pick? You get to totally pick um, just... Do me a favor and look at the pre-selected two movies okay. from next week and pick any two of those. All right. Pick them in the right fucking order too, because I just I hate when we get the order wrong. All right. I don't remember the order, so I have a fifty percent chance of getting it right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so much pressure. Um, next week we're gonna do uh, Pather Panchali, which is a movie that I have been yelling at you to do on the show. A comical amount. Oh yeah, fuck you! You did pick the movies. A comical week. amount, um, and then we're gonna pair it with Kajillionaire, which Miranda is Miranda July. We have done sixty six percent of her entire filmography, How is that which possible? also feels absolutely impossible. Yeah, you just gotta see her cameo in the IFC pre roll about how you should wear your mask in their theater, where she directs a camera and uh, on an iPhone in her bathtub. Wow, that's her in her shower. That's this is very, very uh, keeping a niche. I'm letting people know what's happening in New York. This is what they sign up for. I have also seen that Miranda July. Uh, is she in the bathtub or in her shower because of a combination flood tornado situation? Because I'm not entirely sure why she's talking to us from her bathroom. I don't. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to the bottom of it next week. Hopefully, I'll forget that this was even a thing I invoked on this uh, episode. Yeah, I mean, fucking whatever. Watch more fucking film. Bye.